that we're back we are back isn't it amazing it is amazing how about that we survived another week we've we did we survived another week and you my friend are battling a cold i am i sound like poo poo i I apologize now tell everybody because there's going to be people who think that you've actually got covid and they're just waiting for one of us to die of covid so they can say aha see we told you so yes i have covid and i'm going to die Oh, I, I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me back up. <laughs> Not when um, I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a sinus cold and it gave me a sore throat. And yeah. my daughter asked me, Daddy, how come your voice sounds funny? I'm like, I don't know. because <laughs> God at least has a sense of humor <clears throat> when we're sick. <laughs> very, very. So. Well, and even when you're, when we're not sick, you know? Yeah. Well, and, 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 and speaking of God, speaking of God, we're going to be talking about God today on the show. All right. Yeah. So well, maybe he will grace me with a voice or mm-hmm, grace mm-hmm. everyone else and take it away completely. <laughs> <laughs> Bless everyone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, we are on, you know what today is? Today is the last episode of season four. Holy cow. I know. Holy I know. cow. It's season four, episode 10. Uh, this is actually our 48th recording. Yeah, we're getting up there of the Fusion Underground. And for those who are unaware here at the Fusion Underground, we try to make sense of the world by having principled discussions about such topics as entertainment, current events, politics, and culture. Our mission is to educate people to become critical thinkers so they can live more empowered and happier lives. As always, I'm your host, Manuel Ramirez, and I'm joined as always, by my wonderful co-host, who is battling a COVID herpes simplex 10, Jason Wright. <laughs> oh, so, that was cute. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah, that was cute. cute. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about Jesus Christ, of all things. Amen. Amen. Yes. Um, more, more, more specifically, how the left likes to use Christ to... I should say how the left likes to use the Bible against conservatives to get what they liberals want. It's the only time they use the Bible. It's the only time they use the Bible. Absolutely. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. I actually saw a video online of, uh, of a young man who, well, he appears to be a theological scholar. And so we're going to talk about his take on a passage of the Bible, actually a passage from Mark, the book of Mark in the New Testament for all you heathens out there. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, 
And we're going to talk about some stupid news because we have stupid news to talk about. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank God for idiot people and our idiot society right now gives us a lot to talk about. Stupid, stupid news. I saw this today, as a matter of fact, uh, a comparison. So, you know, since since Biden has taken office, um, there is a massive crisis of immigrants heading to the southern border. I don't know if you've heard about that at all. Well, it's only a crisis if conservatives talk about it. Yeah, yeah. If the liberals talk about it, it's a, um, a serious situation, right? Which correct. they're dealing with, correct? It, but, you know what? I, I, you know what? I just realized something. I have to, I have to do something before we get into this. So, as you are well aware, I am a huge Sun Devil fan. Uh, yeah, because you We're know. Aware. It, <laughs> ASU is my alma mater, and unfortunately, they did poop during the college basketball season, and so they did not qualify for the big dance, Uh March Madness, the tournament, the tournament, probably one of the greatest sporting events in all of sports is the NCAA tournament. Arguably, but yes. One of. I didn't say the. I said one of. Yeah. Yep. One of, but you know, I do have another alma mater and that is GCU and they won the whack. That's whack. They are dancing. They are going to the NCAA tournament. Of course, U of A and ASU are nowhere to be found. Nope. But GCU is there and uh, feels kind of good. That's awesome. I didn't yeah. hear that, so yeah. that's that's great. Congratulations to yeah. GCU. I think it's fantastic. They they've been pushing for this moment actually for the last uh, four or five years. Yeah, um, they've actually had this this going to the going to the tournament was on their roadmap as a school, and I think it's great for the school. It's a small school. It's a small university mm-hmm. here in here in downtown Phoenix. Um, and it's got a beautiful campus that continues to grow. It's grown a lot in the last 20 years. Uh, and, um, and, and so this is great for the program because they're, they've shot up. They've now been highly competitive in the WAC and now going to the tournament. I think it'll hopefully do some good for the, uh, for their basketball program and attract some talent from across the country. Um, so yeah, come to GCU. You might be able to play in the tournament. That's huge. No, it is huge. And it's a great school. They're doing great things. And, yeah. and I love their, um, um, their philosophy that they're a Christian university um, and they've been doing great things. And I think that they deserve a lot of recognition for what they've done. So that's, that's fantastic. Good for them. Yeah. See, and there's a team that I root for that you can actually support. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So let's, let's get into this back, back right. to back on topic. So we were talking about the crisis at the border. And yes. Nancy Pelosi came out and finally had to admit that, oh, yeah, there is indeed a crisis at the border. And of course, she said that, well, this crisis is Trump's fault. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's Trump's fault, um, which is which is really interesting because, you know, she came out. <clears throat> she came out on March 14th. So this was yesterday 
New York Post here has uh, the headline, Pelosi blames border crisis on Biden inheriting broken system from Trump. Yeah. That's hilarious. That was the New York Post yesterday. Yesterday in not even 24 hours later, almost 24 hours, almost about 22 hours later, CNBC, that famed right-wing uh, right wing conservative staunch <laughs> pillar of conservatism, the CNBC. You're dripping with sarcasm, sir. I am. I, I am. I am. Um, <clears throat> less than 24 hours later, the CNBC has this article which says border crossings are at record lows. Oh, oh, wait a minute. I have to. I have to preface. This isn't 24 hours later. This was one year ago. Oh, my bad. I was misreading the date one year ago. So last year at this time, CNBC had this headline. Border crossings are at record lows as Trump declares a national emergency to build a wall. So wait a minute. They were at record lows a year ago. Mm -hmm. But yesterday, well, it was a broken system. Right. Well, keeping in mind that what are we seeing right now with all these um, these kids and these illegals crossing the borders, they've all been promised amnesty. Yeah. That's why there's a crisis. Right. At what point was Trump ever promising amnesty to people crossing the border? Right. Never. And remember, all last year, we heard talk. We had AOC who went down to somewhere in the desert and stood in front of a chain link fence and cried at an empty lot. Uh, and made us all believe that she was crying in front of these detention centers where there were cages built inside where the children were at. Now, we do know that there were, there were areas with inside these buildings that uh, were set up with chain link fences and there were children in there. And those buildings were, were established by the Obama administration. Correct. But of course, that was okay when Obama was in office. But then when Trump took office, then all we heard about were children in cages. Right. And, and one of the arguments that the Trump administration was making at the time was, look, we have a lot of children. There are children who are coming, trying to come across the border. Uh, they're unaccompanied. Mm -hmm. and, and so well, we got we to gotta, we gotta put them somewhere. One, first of all, we have to figure out what we have to do with them. We have to figure out where they come from and who their family members are and et cetera, et cetera. They have to, you know, processing, et cetera. But of course, that was all terrible it was fascism sure. it was you know re it reminded liberals of uh, of uh, krakow and auschwitz and and all this sort of thing uh a week or so ago there was there was a news article saying that uh the biden administration is opening brand new buildings that were child um children not detention centers but it was just like children compounds or something along those lines in other words children with cage or cages with children in them, but they weren't using the term cages. Um, and now, so now today, the Washington Post, now this was published today where the Washington Post at 4.10 this afternoon, the Washington Post published the headline, migrants are not overrunning US border towns despite the political rhetoric. So the Washington Post contradicted Nancy Pelosi in and of itself here. Right. Because she was saying it was a crisis and it's Trump's fault. And it's Trump's fault. And at 410, the Washington Post said, no, 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 
migrants are not overrunning U.S. border towns, despite the political rhetoric. Yep. However, interestingly, interestingly enough, the same Washington Post at 3.39 this afternoon, okay, 3.39, less than an hour before, they came out with this headline, Biden administration will use Dallas Convention Center to shelter migrant teen boys. And so why do we need that if so, that's the case? Exactly. So the question is, well, why do they need to go to the Dallas Convention Center? Why? Because now it's estimated that border crossings are beyond maxed out and, and they are like 729, 730% higher than they've ever been. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping in mind that it's Trump's fault. There's a crisis, but there's not a crisis. They're not overrunning, but we're beyond max capacity. So we're having to bust them into the inner city. Yeah. The Daily Mail, the Daily Mail had an article that they ran um, on the 13th. And this is the headline from the Daily Mail. The Daily Mail is out of the UK. The headline from the Daily Mail said, a South Texas migrant facility is now at 729% of its legal capacity. Children are going hungry and are only able to shower once every seven days. This was in the UK. So are we going to get the outrage from leftists about migrant children at the border? No. I'm waiting for that to happen. No, we're not going to get any outrage. The only outrage that will come was this is a, we've heard this argument before. This is terrible. It's unacceptable. It's a disgrace. And it's all the previous president's fault. Yeah. Um, I'm going to play a little clip for you here, you know, and we've all, we've talked a lot about COVID on this show. Sure. Right. We've talked a lot about COVID. You now have it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, this might be the last episode that we do together. Cause I'm going to die. Right. Um, <laughs> so, and I don't mean to make light of it for people that actually have passed away from COVID. Um, but you know, come on, you have to, you have to take these things at stride. You, you really do. Right? I mean, on any, on any, on any timeline, none of us are getting out of this alive. So, no. um, but, but <clears throat> so we've had numerous cities and things that have been clamped down. They've been shut down. Uh, we've had things shut down to a certain degree here in Arizona. I think, I think for the most part, um, people are still going about their lives as nor- as before, although movie theaters and dining out has been less than it has been in 2018, for example, or 2019, obviously, because most restaurants here are open, but they're not open to full capacity. Right. Um, movie theaters are open, but obviously they're not open at full capacity either. But for the most part here in Phoenix, life goes on. People are, people are doing their thing. But um, here's a clip that um, Biden finally came out. He didn't give a press conference. No, he, he's still what over 110, 100 and so days without. No, it's only like 50 or 60 days now. I think it's that, but uh, but yeah, getting up there, it's going to be close to 100 days. Um, but he came out and just gave this little speech to the nation. I don't know if you listened to it or not. I caught part of it. Um, the weirdest speech that I've ever heard by a president. Um, a lot of, um, I don't know, you know, I just kind of, I, I kind of expect that any president that comes out and gives a speech, um, should be inspirational, should be empowering. You may not like that president. You may, you know, and so obviously if you don't like them, your your bias is going to be, well, they didn't inspire me to do anything. Okay, fine. 
But for the average Joe, trying to look at things through the average Joe, are they inspiring? Are they upbeat? Are they positive? Um, you know, Trump was trying to be upbeat and positive and inspiring last year at this time. Uh, and he got ex- he was crucified in the media for not appearing serious enough. Um, well, but, but that still inspired a reaction. It, def- it definitely did inspire a reaction. Here's here's a clip that I want to play uh, uh, from uh, President Biden. Check this one out. I need you. I need every American to do their part. And that's not hyperbole. I need you. I need you to get vaccinated when it's your turn and when you can find an opportunity. And to help your family, your friends, your neighbors get vaccinated as well. Because here's the point. If we do all this, if we do our part, if we do this together, by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends, We'll be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout and a barbecue and celebrate Independence Day. Now, hold on a minute. <laughs> does does any does anybody see the absolute ridiculousness here? He just said, you know what? If you do your part, you may be able. There's a good chance. That yeah. we, benevolent government, if you do what the government tells you to do, then we in the government may give you the opportunity, may, to they celebrate Independence barbecue. Day. To celebrate <laughs> Independence Day. Do, oh. <laughs> do, I, do, I, do I need to draw a bigger picture? Yes. At, at, yes. The, stupidity of, at the stupidity of that. Are, are we Americans or what, what the hell are we anymore? Um, we, we must be obedient, Did but you... he's not commanding. He's begging. He's pleading. The poor man is on his knees. Please, yeah. please. All y'all go get your vaccine and talk to your neighbors and your friends and your little Padawans and your puppy dogs. I don't, I never even heard Bill Clinton talk this way. No. L- listen to the first part of what he says here. I need you. I need every American to do their part. And that's not hyperbole. I need you. What the hell? He almost sounds like Marlon Brando from The Godfather. You know, I need <laughs> you. I, I, got a, I got a feeling is in my, in my system. I, I need you. You're like a brother to me. Who, who's running who's running this show it's who, not him who is he running is not sentient the guy is i think ben shapiro said it best he's a house plant that covers up the water yeah. stain on the carpet yeah. that's about as useful as that and, guy is and did you see the picture that kamala harris posted i well she obviously didn't take the picture but kamala harris started this things some photographer took, took a picture of her she was sitting down in some meeting room or whatever in the white house uh and and she tweeted it out and the picture sort of at this angle where you can see her feet under a table so she's sitting across the table and the, the reporter takes a picture and her you can see her feet under the table and you can see her torso sitting above the table and you can tell that she's wearing a pantsuit and she's wearing high heels okay fine whatever okay. excuse me, Valerie Jarrett (coughs) tweeted out and said, 
you know Kamala Harris is a boss when she still wears her her high heel shoes under the table. And I was like, what? Because apparently, apparently when there are some women, when they wear their heels or whatever they get, they sit down at their desk and they kick their shoes off. So what? (laughs) So, but remember, we're not talking about the woman's, and when I say the woman's, I mean Kamala Harris. We're not talking about her ability. So Valerie Jarrett completely just disregarded any of, of her ability of actually being and serving as vice president, she just immediately went to the whole vaginas and shoes. Vagina and shoe, therefore, she's a great vice president. Therefore, she's the boss. So we immediately went to shoes and genitalia. That's where we're at. Wow. That is how you measure success. Now you want to, you want to hear the ultimate trolling. You want to hear the ultimate trolling. I, I would love it if this actually occurred in the ultimate trolling. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for somebody and it'll probably be me right now, but I'm waiting for because imagine if you will imagine for the moment, the absolute lulls that would, that would transpire. Imagine if somebody came out and said, I don't think a woman could be president of the United States. Oh, now why would I say that? Why would this person, why would this person, this, whoever this person <laughs> is, <laughs> why, why would they come up with such an argument? Well, there is this little thing called the United States constitution. And in the United States constitution, there are parameters about who can and who cannot be president of the United States. And in the US Constitution, there's this little um, article called Article Two. And Article Two houses all of the stuff for the requirements and the uh, roles and responsibilities of the President of the United States, right? And under Article Two, there is these things called sections, okay? And Here it is. Where is it at here? Article two, section three of the United States constitution says this. Are you ready? I'm all ears. The executive power, that's the president, shall be vested in a president of the United States of America. He shall hold his office during the term of four years and together with the vice president chosen for the same term be elected as follows. And then it goes on to talk about the election. So I'm, I'm waiting for somebody out there to try to make a claim that says a woman cannot be president of the United States because the constitution specifically says he shall be, he shall hold his office, his office. It's very specific. Now you might say, well, they didn't really mean he as a man. And I said, well, well, why didn't they, why didn't they change the words? There are other places in the constitution where the founders wrote the term person or persons. So why didn't they write article two, section three and say, this person shall hold their office during the term of four years. Why didn't they do that? 
I mean, we're talking about the same liberals who like to who like to slam on the Second Amendment and like to say, well, you have to go back to the time that it was written. And you have to know that at the time the Constitution was written, the only kinds of guns that people had at the time were muskets. I understand your argument. However, what I hear you saying is is giving credence to the idea that the Constitution needs to be rewritten. Well, why not? If that's the case, why don't we get somebody to say, you know what, you're right. We should probably rewrite that, that section of it so that we can take out the masculine pronoun. And I would say, so in other words, what you're admitting to is a woman can't be, uh, can't hold the office of the presidency. Now, just imagine, I'm not saying I believe <laughs> this, right? But just imagine, if you will, imagine the collective explosion of feminists minds and brains splattering all over monitors from coast to coast oh absolutely. imagine the the hysterics that would the the sheer hysterics would be names on the side of, side my, of my face, face <laughs> heaving heaving breathless <laughs> It would be worth, I would, I would, I would pay, I would pay money to just watch Twitter for 48 hours. Yep. Like if, if Ted Cruz came out and made this claim, somebody oh, like God. a Ted Cruz or Poor a Ted, Ben Shapiro, be yeah. uh, or, you know, or Rush Limbaugh, if he were still around. Yeah. Sean Hannity, Mark Levin any of those guys yeah any of those guys right could you imagine the it would be glorious it would be it would be it would be so glorious to watch their collective i saw a tweet today where what was it the the we 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 are in clown world we we are every time i think clown world cannot get any larger then i'm i'm amazed the, the tweet today was how this woman said you know men who do not wear a jacket when it's cold outside so you know women a lot of women are naturally colder than than most men right some okay. men get cold um i question the amount of soy that might exist in their bodies but that's another topic but a lot of women get cold and so they get, they bundled up, right? Um, and I'm one of those kind of guys where I run hot. I mean, I'm sweating if it's over 75 degrees, I, you know. So I don't wear a lot of jackets, but this woman said men who don't wear jackets when it's cold outside, they are committing ego violence against women. Ego violence. I, I, I can't make this up. I cannot. <laughs> I did. Wait. Okay. Wait. 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 Hold on. Let me, let me see if I get this. Hold on. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a stab at it. All right. So this must be a reference to the masculine ego or toxic masculinity, yeah. to the point that men don't get cold, and so if they were to admit that they needed a jacket, they would feel somewhat inferior, especially towards their female counterparts who are typically colder than men anyway. That's so it's then violent. It's violent. Yes. 
Yes, you got it. Violence has to do harm to someone else. No, no, it doesn't. Not anymore. Yes. No, it doesn't. You just, you know, it's violence is whatever, whatever the left says is violence now. That's what it is. It's violence. That's retarded. It's retarded. <laughs> Dude, I don't make up the rules, man. I, I, I don't make up the rules. It's idiotic, borderline retarded behavior. That's so stupid. It's <laughs> uh, fantastic, right? Absolutely fantastic. Yes. So ego violence. Do not commit ego violence. And her tweet, she called that all men should um, wear jackets regardless if they're warm or not. That when women are wearing jackets, then men should be required to wear jackets as well, uh, lest they commit ego violence. And I would live women... in a jacket. Women are cold all the time. I don't hate you for it. Quit hating right. me for not being cold. Right. Me not putting on a jacket has nothing to do with anybody else but me. Right. I, I don't want to wear a jacket, especially in Phoenix. You know, a couple of days ago, it was like 55 degrees. It was cold, but it wasn't cold enough for me to put a jacket on. I was still wearing shorts and a t-shirt. And there were people I, all like huddled up, you know, going to the going to fries, and you know, there are women wearing their parkas and their crap. their parkas and their yoga pants, <laughs> right? Going to fries, you know. <laughs> God Almighty! You know what? When it snows a foot outside, I put on a jacket because it's cold. I'm not going to do sure. that in the middle of summer. Sure, absolutely. Now, now here, now. While we're talking about the, uh, the idea of wokeness, I've got something for you. Oh, good. You'll, you'll, you'll get a kick out of this. This is the matrix of social identity and intersectional power. Um, I, have, I have no idea. This is some kind of, this is some document that was printed for schools where it's like a curriculum to rethink equality and oppression and all of these kinds of things it's a snowflake it's a gigantic mandala it's a gigantic snowflake look at this this is the matrix the matrix of social identity and intersectional power um that's uh that's that's quite impressive um and look at look at some of this look here's this little section right here this is people of color right? Third, fourth world ethnicities. You have over here, you have ex-felons. Look, you have non-standard, non-standard English speakers, readers, and writers. Non-standard. There's. I guess that's a funny way of, is that a way of saying Ebonics? I don't understand what non-standard means. Transgender, non-gender, non-gender conforming. Here's mentally unhealthy. Caregivers. So this is, this is a, caregivers. So if you're a nurse, you have your own thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, look at all of the different ways that we, we oppress. Obviously, there's class, there's education, labor activity, political party, species. Well, that's true. Rabbits. Rabbits do have it worse off than raccoons. I've seen right, that. Right. Ability. Ability. Look mm. at that. Body type. 
assigned sex, gender, gender expression, sexuality, survivor status. And wait, go back to survivor status. I'm curious. What does that mean? I think that means people, I think that means uh, rape victims, for example. Oh, okay. That's what I think it means. I don't know. I survived another day. Here's, I mean, here's, do I, I get... love this one. No high school diploma. Yeah. Yeah. Functionally illiterate. These are social identity inter- intersectional power. I, I love this. This right here. I don't know if you can read this one little corner way up, up here in the upper right. It is theocide meaning killing of other cultures, gods. And oh. here's capitalism. Look, here's capitalism. That Right next thing. to it. Right next to him. <laughs> Isn't this just amazing? Can, can you think of... No, I, I can't. I don't know what all these X's are. Could they just not think of anything to go in here? We're not done yet. I got other <laughs> stuff going in. Those are placeholders. <laughs> <laughs> so these are all of the different ways these are all the different types of intersectional bs right so like one thing comes in and it intersects with another thing so you can actually be you know you can you can have different you can you can you can, if you're oppressed if you can pick any one of these things on here then you're oppressed unless of course you're white then if you're white then you're doing the oppression well, white's on here. Right, right. I don't understand. It's your fault, dude. Oh, okay. That's right. I forgot. My just, bad. Just know that. It's your fault. And, and this is a this is really amazing. For those of you who can't see this, who might be actually listening to this, there's like a it's it's like a it's like a color wheel. It looks like a spirograph. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. And it's got all of these different circles of BS in here. It's disturbing. It's it's very. There's like a there's over a hundred of these things in here. I, I really want to know what all these X's are. But anyway, I had to I had to share that with you. Thank I you for that. Was, yeah, you're yep. welcome. Yep. Um. You're welcome. Now I know I can use my wheel of oppression to decide either. Since I'm, I can't be oppressed. It's gonna have to probably tell me who I'm going to oppress tomorrow. Correct. Correct. Got it. Is that like a spin the wheel? You know, yeah. you spin the wheel and <laughs> wherever it lands on, that's who I have to go out and oppress. It's like a dartboard. Tomorrow. It's like a dartboard. You know, you just yeah. throw it out there. You know, that's that's who you, that's who you have to oppress. Definitely. Yep. <sighs> All right. All right. So you want to talk about Jesus? Oh, before we talk oh. about Jesus. Okay. Um, you know, I have a, a little comic book news. Comic book news. Okay. Yeah. I, I like comic books, although yes. I haven't really read comics in a long time because um, quite honestly, the industry has become very woke and um, the industry is losing money hand over fist. And yet Marvel and DC continue to be woke and they don't learn their lesson. They haven't learned their lesson. So Marvel 
keep in mind when they when they come up with these woke comic books, they they lose tons of money, mm-hmm. which tells me that the people that they're pandering to, they're not even their they're not even their customers. Yeah, they don't read comics. They don't read comics. But Marvel has revealed they have a new LGBTQ hero, um, a new hero who is Captain America. Oh, okay. Yeah. So here's the article. It says, Marvel is introducing a brand new Captain America in the upcoming series, The United States of Captain America, written by blah, 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 blah. Um, so Steve Rogers, the real Captain America, Bucky Barnes, his old sidekick, they go off and they... I guess they take a field trip. They take a road trip actually. And they go across the States and during their journey, they meet local heroes who have become Captain America in their communities, beginning with Marvel's new hero, Aaron Fisher. So Aaron is inspired by heroes of the queer community, activists, leaders, and everyday folks pushing for a better life. He stands for the oppressed and the forgotten. I hope his debut story resonates with readers and helps inspire the next generation of heroes. Yeah. No, not really. Yeah, no, not really. Um, cap, the article goes on to say, I want to thank editor. This is the, the creator of the, uh, one of the, one of the creators of the comic. He says, I want to thank editor Alana Smith and Joshua Trujillo very much for asking me to create Aaron. I really enjoyed designing him. And as a transgender person, I am happy to be able to present an openly gay person who admires Captain America and fights against evil to help those who are almost invisible to society. Are they really invisible? I mean, because I feel um, like this is no. being crammed down my throat every time I turn around. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, quite the opposite, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. So we have a transgender Captain America. Uh, I, I don't even know. They just say they just say it's it's a new LGBTQ uh, Captain America. And of course, it's not the Captain America. They're not replacing the this the the main Captain America. Basically, it's like a bunch of copycats throughout the country. Remember when in the Batman film and Batman, he rounds up a couple of dudes who are wearing hockey pads and he's, ah, you know, what, why, why do you get to come out and they yell at him? Well, why don't you get to do this? And we don't, you know, and he says, cause I ain't out here wearing hockey pads. Right. Um, it, it's, it's that except imagine Captain America embracing the common dude, putting his life on the line in his name. Mm-hmm. Captain America is an actual superhero. Yeah, and he's going around and he's embrace. Oh, look! You're you're trying to emulate me and my name, so I'm going to give you a hug. No, he should be like, "What are you doing, man? You're going to get yeah. yourself killed. You're going to die." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? Yeah. So we don't know. He could be lesbian. He could be gay. He could be bi. He could be trans. He could be queer. He could be any number of these things. This he character, could be lesbian trapped in a man's body. Yes. <laughs> That's my favorite. Yeah, there we go. All right. So you want to talk about uh no, you wanted to talk about Jesus Christ. I said okay. <laughs> Fine. Let me let me let me get this tw- this tweet. Oh. Oh. Well, in in our in our in our joy here to talk about um, in our, in our joy, in our lead up to talking about God. I want to play this little clip for you. This was Don Lemon. Oh, goody. You know who Don Lemon is, right? Um, Unfortunately. Yes. So Don Lemon appeared on the view on ABC 
And, uh, and he said, uh, he was talking about God and well, let's just, let's just listen to what good old Donnie boy has to say here. Or that he thought that way. I was just surprised that he actually said it out loud. Well, Don, on a, to pivot, you got engaged to your fiance, Tim, in 2019. <laughs> and this morning, and you guys are so cute, we learned that the Vatican has said that the Catholic Church won't bless same-sex unions, quote, since God cannot bless sin. They go on to say that this does not imply a judgment on persons. But I want to know, do you think this sends a damaging message? And how do you feel about that, given that obviously you are now engaged and going to get married? Well, I think there are, listen, I respect people's right to believe in whatever they want to believe in their God. But if you believe in something that hurts another person that, or that does not give someone the same rights or freedoms, not necessarily under the Constitution because this is under God, uh, I, I think that that's wrong. And I think that the, the Catholic Church and many other churches really need to reexamine themselves and their teachings because that is not what God is about. God is not about hindering people or even judging people. And to put it... Wait. God is not about hindering what? and judging people. Has he heard of the individual named Job? Or Judgment Day. Or Judgment Day, Book of Revelations. There's a whole you know, gamut of it. Yeah. Um, thou shalt have no other judges outside of God. Right. Yes. Has he heard of this thing, this little thing, teeny little thing called the Old Testament? Yeah. God is pretty much a gigantic douchebag and goes around judges everybody. Uh, like yeah. every other page, God is, is laying the smack down. I mean, he flooded the world for crying out loud. And wait, since when did anybody ever admit that our rights are endowed by our creator? Which is what he was talking about. This is not about right, the right, constitution right. given by the state. This is rights by God. Well, wait, I thought that didn't exist. That was always right. the argument. It's always by the by the government. Wait, right. The the liberal so, argument is the state gives you rights, not God. So what difference does it matter? Yeah. Um well, sorry. God does God judge? Yeah. yeah. That's the whole point. That's the fucking point. That, that is the whole point. The whole point is you have to do good so that when you get to heaven and you are judged, judged. <laughs> that you pass muster and can enter the pearly gates. Now, if you, it, there are a lot of ways that you could be judged. Mm -hmm. And, and this is what I always find fascinating with leftists with the leftists. They, they're always amazed when they find out that the Pope is Catholic. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that, that amazes them. How can that be? How can the Pope be Catholic? Well, in all fairness, I've heard some of the things that the Pope has said recently. Whenever he says something like that, I'm surprised too. Because let's be honest, this this pope is probably more left leaning than any pope. Oh yeah, prior to him by leaps and bounds. Right, probably more progressive than any pope in a hundred years. Oh yeah, I can't say beyond that because well, you know, there were popes that like had mistresses and shit on the side and right. <laughs> well. <laughs> But you know this pope is pretty is pretty progressive. Um, but this was something that he was like, 
no, I'm, we're, we're, we're going to stand by this. And, um, you know, and, and what a lot of people don't realize here, here's what a lot of people don't realize. Okay. Um, God, according to Catholic, Catholic teaching, God doesn't bless any relationship external to marriage itself. Correct. So that is for, correct. For, for couples who are even heterosexual couples who are living together, committed to one another, blah, blah, your marriage, your, your relationship is not considered blessed by God until you get married in the eyes of God. Correct. You're actually living in sin. Correct. To be living together. That's, I know, I know it's bizarre. Heterosexuals can commit sexual sin. Again, yes. people are, are, are amazed when they learn that the, that the Pope is Catholic. Mm-hmm. Cracks me up every time. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. well, sorry, good for Don. I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. So let's get into the, let's get into to Jesus. No, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. Okay. Hold oh, on. What, what, what? I got to ask an important question. Well, is Don Lemon Catholic? He's gay. I, that's not what I asked. <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, this brings up an important point. If Don Lemon's Catholic, <laughs> then he should know what the Catholic Church's position is on his relationship. Well, the, the, the Pope just came out today and said, God's not going to bless your relationship. Understand. Yeah. But he should know that if he's Catholic, right? It shouldn't come as a surprise. So why yeah. is he on the view? Right. No, no, no. I don't care about the view. Oh. Um, but if he's not Catholic, then who gives a sh- what the Pope said? <laughs> why does he care? <laughs> Aren't, aren't, aren't there a lot of, uh, aren't there a lot of people in the LGBT community who are like, um, Methodist or something like that? Is, is that the, is, is that the are religion you, that is like really, really progressive? You can pretty much like commit murder and go to church the next day. And that's all right. That's a lot of, that's, that's a lot of the water down. I, I don't, I know. don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I, I, I'm still baffled by why he's. <laughs> in a quandary i I just don't i don't get it yeah i think the view needed a gay guy and said quick get us a gay guy don lemon's on speed let's grab him he's a journalist right yeah journalist Journalist. (laughs) air quotes Uh, all right all right Let's let's keep let's keep trucking down the old uh, God road here on the religion train. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, okay, so here's this guy. He he looks like I'm not gonna actually do the video. I'm just gonna play the audio. Um, but he looks like he's maybe 22, 23 years old. Young guy, right? Nice looking guy. I mean, not he's he looks kind of kind of geeky, but you know, he's not. He doesn't have a foot grown out of his forehead or anything like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. let's, you know, he's got a nice swoosh to his hair. He's wearing a gray turtleneck. Okay. Oh god. Uh, and of course, he's posting on TikTok. And under his face, there is a writing on there. That says Jesus a racist? Question mark. 
So, so let's, let's hear what, um, what this dude. Yeah, I, I know it just keeps, it just, it's like a gift that keeps on giving. So check this out. Did you know that there's a part of the Gospel of Mark where Jesus uses a racial slur? In Mark chapter 7, there's the account of the Seraphonician woman, a woman who is Syrian and Greek, both of which there were strong biases against within the Jewish community. And she comes to ask Jesus to heal her daughter who's possessed by a demon. And what is Jesus' response? He says, it's not good for me to give the children's food, meaning the children of Israel's food, to dogs. He calls her a dog. What's amazing about this account is that the woman doesn't back down. She speaks truth to power. She confronts Jesus and says, well, you can think that about me, but even dogs deserve the crumbs from the table. Her boldness and bravery to speak truth to power actually changes Jesus' mind. Jesus repents of his racism and extends healing to this woman's daughter. I love this story because it's a reminder that Jesus is human. He had prejudices and bias, and when confronted with it, he was willing to do his work. And this woman was willing to stand up and speak truth oh my god <sighs> jesus christ i swear yeah that's what that's that's what he's saying right now too <laughs> okay so <laughs> we're gonna break this down okay because please. because because this guy this has been an argument okay see this this whole thing this this clip, let's just be honest. This clip was put together. He put this together because of what is happening in society with the whole Black Lives Matter and the immigrants and all of this kind of stuff. And and there's a large group of people on the left that everything is about race now. Apparently, remember, all of that was supposed to have gone away when when um, Barack Obama ascended to the presidency back in two thousand and nine. Um, right. But it's worse now than it ever has been, at least in my lifetime. Probably. Yes, absolutely. I don't know if it's quite at the point of like the 1960s, um, but probably around 19. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I don't think it's that bad yet. We don't have, we have, we have chosen segregation. We don't have enforced segregation. We don't have enforced segregation and and we don't have a clear defined line. The difference I think back then was we had a, um, a clear defined line of race. There was blacks and whites. Yeah. And right now we have such a, we, we are trying grasping at every straw we can to be so inclusive words. We're segregating ourselves out amongst our own and we're multiracial in so many different ways. And we're, we're so segregated out that we've actually made it worse. You know, we, we, there is no sense of familiarity with anyone around us. There's no sense of belonging with anyone because we're trying to segregate ourselves out so far. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's more racial melting pot in this country now than there was even then, I think. And I think you might be right. Uh, but also the difference between 1950s and 60s to today is a lot of that racism that existed earlier in the country, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, was perpetrated against Blacks from whites. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, today, it's 2021. And I think the vast majority of whites are like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Why are you, no. why are you bothering me? I just leave me alone. And... It's in your face. You're an oppressor. You're an, you're a racist. And you, you, the, I think the vast majority of whites are just, 
they're caught in the, they're caught like a deer in the headlights. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Right. So I think, so given that that's the context under which this video is being created, it's being created in this part of, in society that is very woke and very r- racial, I don't know, sensitive or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but I want to, I want to kind of go over the passage that he's referring to. So this is now I use the Catholic Bible online. Okay. Um, for those who did not go to religion school. All right. Um, I'm going to piss off a lot of Christians that are going to listen to this, but what, what most Christians don't realize is that their Christian lineage traces back to the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. That, that that's definitive. Okay, because the Catholic Church eventually split, right, with the Reformation, and then after the Reformation, we got all of these Protestant churches that that sprung up. Yeah, well, the, it was the uh, um, Martin Luther who split yeah. away from the Catholic Church. Correct, and and then as well as uh, as King Edward who split off the Church of England mm-hmm. from Catholicism because he basically wanted to marry whomever and get divorced whenever he wanted to, and the Pope wouldn't allow him to do so. Uh, so he split off and created the Church of England. You had Martin Luther, who created, who basically created Protestantism, and from there you had Lutherans, you had Mennonites, you had Jehovah's Witnesses, you had all, you know, all Mormons, all of these other offshoots of Christianity grew up once that schism erupted in the Catholic Church. So the the Christian Bible that everybody uses, it all goes back to the Catholics, because it was the Catholic popes and bishops who put that Bible together. Now, whether people want to admit that or not, or this is like eye-opening and they're like blasphemous or what, that's actually what happened. So I'm reading from the Catholic online version. (laughs) So your Bible might be slightly different. Um, But this occurred, the passage he's referring to occurs in Mark chapter seven. Okay, so Mark chapter seven, um, there's a part here where he says, uh, the Bible says, he, meaning um, Jesus, he left that place and set out for the territory of Tyre. There he went into a house and did not want anyone to know he was there, but he could not pass unrecognized. Now, the question is, why did he set out for Tyre? Why Why did he leave, you know, Palestine and all of that and go to Tyre? Well, now keep in mind, like this kid that made this video, in my mind, he, he sounds like the guy who just went off to college as a freshman or sophomore, took a re- world religion 101 class and some graduate instructor uh, who's 25 years old teaching introduction to world religions brought up this passage and taught it. And all of a sudden he has an epiphany and this kid is now a theologian. Right. Right. That sounds pretty close. Yeah, that's, that sounds exactly like what happened. Um, but this passage has been reviewed, looked at, analyzed for, for, for the last, you know, for hundreds of years by theologians. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we have to ask ourselves, well, why did Jesus head out to Tyre? Well, one of the reasons why he, ha- he, left, he left and he went out to Tyre is because he was preaching to the Israelites. And you know what? Quite frankly, they didn't want to have anything to do with him. And so Jesus said, well, to hell with you guys. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to look for other people that might want to be interested in what I have to say. All right. So he's, 
he's over here off in the territory near Tyre in and around Tyre. Um, yeah, he went into a house because he didn't want anyone to know he was there. Okay, sure, whatever. Um, but he could not pass unrecognized. So in other words, people recognized him. Oh, that's yep. the Jesus guy we've been hearing about. The Bible goes on to say, at once a woman whose little doctor had an unclean spirit heard about him and came and fell at his feet. So there's an illusion here that she's d- diseased, maybe uh, you know, um, possessed by a devil or who knows, right? Anyway, that's not really the point of this particular story. Now, this woman was a Gentile, so she's not, she's not Jewish. Mm-hmm. By birth, a Syrophoenician, and she begged him to drive the devil out of her daughter. Now, is what the kid was talking about how, well, these people, they were not Jewish, so they were, you know, there was all these biases against them? Sure. Yeah. Right. There were biases against everyone in right. that time. Every, every group has biases against every out group. Mm-hmm. Okay. But she comes, this woman, she comes to him and um, she begs him to drive the devil out of her daughter. And he, he meaning Jesus, and he said to her, the children should be fed first because it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to little dogs. But she spoke up. Ah, yes, sir. She replied, (laughs) but little dogs, but little dogs under the table eat the scraps from the children. And he said to her, for saying this, you may go home happy. The devil has gone out of your daughter. So she went off home and found the child lying on the bed and the devil gone. That's it. That's the passage. That, that, that's the whole passage from the Bible. Now, what, is, what does this entail? You have to, he's taking this one small piece of the Bible completely out of context from the other parts of Jesus's life. And what a lot of people don't realize is Jesus, remember we were talking earlier about God being that old judging kind of individual, right? Well, Jesus as a form of God is no different. Sure. And Jesus loved to test people. Mm -hmm. And so this is nothing more than a test against this woman. Because you you can't just go out and offer to do things for people. And because there are going to be people who take advantage of you. There will be people who just show up. If I'm giving out free hamburgers, if I say free cheeseburgers to people in need, guess what? Everybody in the freaking city of Phoenix is going to be in need. Sure. Because I'm giving out free cheeseburgers. So you have to weed it out. You have to weed them out and try to figure out who's really here in need of what I'm serving. Well, and if you've read the Bible at all, um, if she's prefaced as a woman of unclean spirit, I can tell you right now, that is a whole barrage of very different things, depending upon what's going on. I mean, for all I know, she could have been the devil himself. Sure. Jesus was, had been approached by the devil already at that time. So (laughs) to say that, that he's judging her because of her race, that's a pretty big leap. I think It's, it's a huge leap. He's testing her. It's very clear that what he's doing here is he's testing her. He wants to know, are you here out of sincerity or are you here just because you want something from me? There's two, there's, there's, there are two big, diff, those are two different things. Keep it, you know, this is at a time in Jesus's life where he's going around and he's literally asking people, come follow me, but you have to do work. Right. He tells them, you have to work at this, that, you know, the kingdom of heaven is here for you but I'm just not going to give it to you on a platter. You have to earn it. 
That's what being a Christian is all about. There's Christianity is about earning that right. Right. But you have to do the work of being a good person and improving and educating yourself to God and, and embracing God and all of that. You have to do that work. God is going to be there and he's going to be there waiting with open arms, but he's not just going to do that because, well, remember the whole thing about God being judging. We've already gone through that right, whole thing. Right, We're judgy. Yeah. <laughs> So yes, when he says, you know, uh, yeah, you know what? I can't give the children's food to little dogs. The message that he has was for the Israelites, but the Israelites just told him, go pound sand, right? Mm -hmm. So he's basically throwing it out there as a metaphor. Or, Do you really want what I have? Right. Because this food isn't really for you. Well, and, and again, going on the idea, you know, if you are really starving and hungry, you will be content with the scraps that come behind right and a humble person would say i'm i'm okay with that i'll I'm take okay what with i can i'll take what i can great it's it's the same and that's way exactly what happened if he she said he, he said that the children of israel the children's food they must be fed first yeah didn't say that he wasn't going to feed her second right just said so when she said yes i understand but the dogs need to eat too you're right. They do. I had, uh, I, I was in a situation one time where I was, um, I was out of town on business and I was walking around in the downtown district and there was, um, there was a, there was a, a, a man there who was begging for money. He was a panhandler and he wanted money and I didn't have any money, but I, I, I told him, I said, Hey, you know what? There's a, there's a sandwich shop right here. I'll, I'll buy you a sandwich. And his response to me was, no, I don't want that. Well, we're, you, you just told me that you needed money to get food and all this, right? Because you're right. destitute and all of this. I'm, I don't have money to give you, but I'm willing to take you in here or I'm willing, you can wait out here. I'm willing to go in here and buy you a meal. And he said, no, I don't want the meal which told me what he wanted. He wanted the, he wanted the money to buy booze or drugs or whatever, or whatever he wanted to do with it. Right? right. In other words, he knows if he, if he stands on the corner and and begs people to give him cash for drugs or for prostitution or for alcohol, people aren't going to give him the money for that. Mm -hmm. So he says it right. When he said, no, I don't want the I don't want the meal. Well then I went my separate way because I don't know what you're going to do with the money anyway. Right. Right. If he was truly in that position where he truly doesn't know where his next meal is going to come from, a person would say, yeah, oh my gosh, that would be great. Thank you. And even if he would have asked and said, would you mind buying two sandwiches? Cause then I can eat one now and I can save one for later. I probably would have bought him two sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. You probably would have. Hell, I probably would have. Right. So this is the kind of test that Jesus is playing with this woman. Right. He needs to, he needs, to, he's vetting her and, and he's kind of harsh about it. Right. I mean, he, he is the rabbi. He's, he's being harsh about it. He's like, yeah, this food's not for you. You're considered a dog. Why should I give it to you? And she says, well, even the dogs are happy to get whatever scraps to your point, you know, just happy to give whatever it is that you can give. And he actually says that and says, I like your answer. I like you. Yes, I'm going to help you now. 
this isn't, this isn't, I mean, this isn't a big epiphany where Christ says, oh, I'm being a racist jackass. I love how many times people think that you can actually change God's mind. You can't. I'm like, no. God doesn't work that way. God doesn't change his mind. You what? This is always, God, I know what you want me to do. But if we do it my way and I can yeah. just get this and do this, it'll work out better. <laughs> I promise. Please just trust me. Do it my way. Can we do it my way? What do you really think God's going to go? Okay. We'll I never do thought it about it. You're, I never thought no. of that. No. no. He already knows what is going to happen. Yes. <laughs> it's all a test it, because God is a gigantic D bag when it comes to filtering people out. He, he goes to extremes. Look at Job. Oof. Look what he did to Job. Look what he did to Jonah. He took yeah. everything away from Job. Yep. Why? Because him and the devil were hanging out, playing cards one day, smoking doobies, and they made a bet. <laughs> That's what happened. God and the God and Lucifer were hanging out, saying, you know, and Lucifer said, "Hey, I got an idea. You want to bet?" And God said, "Yeah, sure, let's do it." <laughs> what a gigantic asshole right i mean come on let's be honest i mean he is god he, you know if you're gonna do yeah. strike me down i mean yeah, i guess he could right but i'm sticking up for the big guy right now yeah well yeah you're i'm sorry you're not gonna change god's mind and god tests us we're we are constantly having to prove that we are worthy of the gifts that he is going to impart upon us. Mm -hmm. That comes with a little bit of faith and a whole lot of effort or vice versa to get to that point. You really think that God is being racist? <laughs> what? He created, he created all of us in his image. <laughs> that makes zero sense. Now I know that there are some mem there are some offshoots of Christianity who actually view Jesus as separate from God. There are there are those they they truly yeah, view them yeah, yeah. as the Son of God, right? Um, in, in the Catholic Church, in the one true religion. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I should I should say the one true Christian religion. <laughs> Right. There's the thing called the Holy Trinity where God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are one. They're literally the so when you when you go back to to Christ and everything, and you look, Christ is the physical embodiment of God on the earth. Mm -hmm. He is the big dude who created everybody. He's one third of that entity. Christ is. Yes. Keep going. I mean, this is the same this is the same guy that is embracing all kinds of other people whether they're lepers or they're they're beggars or the poor, they're the downtrodden. You think he's going to turn somebody away just because she happens to be a gentile? Are you freaking kidding me? <clears throat> no, they're very serious. Right. He's going to turn people away because they don't want him. That's right. why he turns them away. And Not he even goes back to them. 
over sure. and over and, and over he, again. And he still died for them. Yeah. But again, even in dying for everybody, even those who turn away from Christ, God still makes that covenant that says, if you are willing to put in the work on your half, then I will always be here. And my covenant and promise to you is that I died on the cross for you. Mm -hmm. So I'll be here waiting. Not good I'll enough. Be, I'll be here waiting. Yeah, not good enough. Jeez. People, I feel bad for people. Why do you feel bad for people? I really do. Because if, if you believe... If you really believe that kind of stuff, that that's going to be a very, that's a very lonely life. That's a very lonely, very negative, very dark life to live. You know, all the people out here in the world, if they all hate me, yeah, that sucks. That's lonely. It's dark. It's negative, And it's sad. But at least I know that God loves me and will receive me as his child in the afterlife. If you really believe that God doesn't want you because you are a race that God doesn't find akin to himself, how incredibly sad is that? I feel bad for you. I want to take you into my house and start teaching you about God. <laughs> oh, poor little thing. Because good Lord, heart. you need it. Wow. <laughs> there's a there's a passage here that's right before this one that I think it's I think it's important because it provides some interesting context here. Remember, okay. the, the woman came be, came to Christ because her daughter had an unclean spirit inside of her. Uh-huh. Right. But here's a passage that's just a few lines before that, okay? Um, and it says, he, meaning Jesus, he called the people to him again and said, listen to me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that goes into someone from outside can make that person unclean. It is the things that come out of someone that make that person unclean. Anyone who has ears for listening should listen. That, that's huge. That, that's bigly right there, man. Mm-hmm. That's bigly right there because what he's saying is, look, you can be bombarded with all kinds of negativity, but the negative the negativity doesn't make you a negative person. What makes you a negative person is you choosing to be negative. Right. Or you, it's essentially saying you're internalizing those things. Correct. You make so, them your own. You make them your own and you become unclean by allowing the unclean stuff to infest you to infest your mind, to infest your heart, and then to come out in the form of your words and your actions, right? But, but here, Jesus is using the word unclean. The same word that is used to describe the illness of the daughter, that she has an unclean spirit within her. So, you know, some people read that passage as being very literal in the fact that she's possessed by a demon or possessed by a devil. It could simply be that she's just lived a life full of sin. And in that moment, sure. Jesus is simply saying, I forgive her. She's, she's forgiven. She's blessed. And now she can continue. And, and that's huge. You don't want to, you don't even want to bless somebody unless they truly honestly want to be blessed. Yes. 
the, the, even the Catholic priests now, they don't, priests don't just go out and bless whomever. They don't bless anybody unless you ask for it. Unless you go to the priest and say, Father, can you, can I receive your blessing? And then the priest will bless you. They don't just take it upon themselves to run around willy nilly blessing people. Why not? <laughs> because you have to want it. You, you have to come to God. You have to come to him in some way. And, and this is a passage that explains that, that shows that, that cultivates that, that the, you can find Jesus's grace, but you have to go to him. And he's going to ask you and he's going to challenge you. And you're going to say, are you sure? He's going to treat, he's going to treat you just like my father treated me. When I come and I ask him for something, my dad would say, how badly do you want it? Oh, gosh, that's a dangerous question. Right? Because my dad wanted to make sure that whatever I receive from him, that I earned it. He, my, dad was not, mm -hmm. uh, my dad was not the kind of guy that just gave me stuff because I was a cool kid. He, my dad was very much that, hey, you want you want this new bike, you want this new pair of shoes, you have, you have to earn it. Why should I buy you these expensive Nikes over here when I can just go to Payless and buy you $5 specials, right? So if I was like, well, dad, I want to play basketball or I want to do this sport, blah, 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 I really need it. Then he's going to make sure, well, how badly do you want to play? Because I don't want to go out and waste $100 on you then put really expensive tennis shoes on you that you're, gonna, you're not even going to use. And so Christ is, uh, is doing the exact same thing here. Right. I, I think we need bullies. We are so soft yeah. as a society. We really are. So what if Jesus is a little offensive? He went into the temple and flipped over tables for crying out loud. He, he pissed was off people offended. all over the place. All the time he was pissing people off. Mm -hmm. He made them uncomfortable. He made them... He made them hate him yep. because it they, weeded out the chaff. Yep. And they crucified him for it. And they crucified him for it. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. We're so afraid of offending everybody that we shy away from actually teaching anyone truth. And it, that's what I've been talking about for a while. Be bold enough to shed a little honesty on your friends and family and loved one, because that's the only way we actually enlighten each other to the truth. You're going to piss people off along the way. That's okay. Hopefully yes. they come back and go, you know what you said really upset me. Okay. Let's talk about that. Why did it upset you? Because most likely it's not because that I just hurt your little feel feels. It's because Maybe there was an ounce of truth in there that you weren't ready to absorb at the time. So let's talk about how you work on that. I'm going to, I'm going to show a, dif a different one here because I think it illustrates what you and I are talking about very well. Okay. Um, I, I don't think I played this one before. Uh, I, I might have, and if I have, it's, I think it still warrants, um, you know, a, a revisit just to take a look at it. Um, you know, yeah, th this I think is, you did show this guy. Yeah, I think I did before. Um, but I, I still think it's interesting given the context of, a, of our conversation tonight. So here's, here's this guy again. 
exactly. I am the oppressor. I am racist. Oh my God, he just said he's racist. It shouldn't be this hard, you guys. If you live in America, went to school, participate in the socioeconomic structures, participate in any sort of system, education, business, entertainment, white you are indoctrinated you are oppressive and yes you are racist it is something that we have learned either consciously or subconsciously all of us as white americans and what we have to do is unlearn that i'm trying to do the work part of doing the work is pushing against dangerous narratives that are counterintuitive to that unlearning like white people are also oppressed by racism we're not we are the oppressors that's the point you should be doing the unlearning too do the work I hate that video so much. <laughs> God. Oh my God. We, we need bullies. We, we do. We, you know, we don't need bullies to the point where people want to commit suicide. We don't need that kind of extreme, right? Everything in moderation, right? So we, we don't, but we need people, we need people to say, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, there, you know, growing up, we used to have bullies that they didn't, they weren't threatening your life. They didn't, you know, but they just said, "What the f, man? What the hell's the matter with you?" And and bullies were kind of necessary, especially for young men, because it showed you the boundary lines. Well, and it, especially with men and and boys growing up um, in that that social group. You had to find your place and your other friends would keep you in line. Yeah. You know, when, when you started talking crazy sh stuff like that, if I had said stuff like that around my friends growing up, <clears throat> white, black, Mexican, all in the same group, all of them would have kicked my ass. Like what at the least pushed hell is wrong? At, at least pushed you around, made fun of you. Probably been like, "What the hell, dude?" They would have yeah. they would have belittled you verbally, yeah, um, to basically knock you into line. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I got two of them I can think of right now who are not white by any means. Who have said, "Punk, I don't need you to try and apologize for trying to oppress me. I'll oppress your ass right in the ground. Come on, me, bro." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that was called my family growing yeah. up. My family did that to me. Yeah. Oh my God. How do you do the work at unlearning that? Cause normally you work to learn something. You don't work to unlearn something. I, I'm so that's so I'm like, bless his heart. He needs Jesus. <laughs> he does need Jesus. He really does. You know, th th this is, you know, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I love that we got you speechless over the whole thing. That's cute. <laughs> there was, um, there was a, a thing a couple of years back where uh, members from, I think it was Kotaku. Kotaku, for those who don't know, is a video game blog site. I used to visit it all the time. I used to visit it several times a day. I'd read it on break and whenever when I was working and just to catch up on all the video game news and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's extremely left-leaning. Extremely. I mean, so they're left of marks. And so I stopped reading it a number of years ago. I, I haven't looked back. But there was an article published a couple of years ago 
I want to say it was, it was uh, journalists from Kotaku. Um, they all had their, I don't know why, I don't know why it was, but they decided for some social experiment that they were conducting, uh, they were going to get their testosterone levels checked. <laughs> These guys. Say what now? They were... <laughs> They were going to get their t- their T levels, their their testosterone levels checked, and of course, their testosterone level. The test reports came back, and they're oh, all like bottomed out in the basement. Like they like eighty year old men statistically have higher T levels than these Kotaku writers who are like in their early twenties, you know. And they yeah, look I exactly like you would imagine. They you know they're all like thin and spindly and, and gangly gangly and they like albinos yeah don't even they don't look, get out of the basement right they, they have nothing there's nothing masculine about them they are they're just schmooze <laughs> you know <laughs> they are just this there's sour cream and tight jeans yeah <laughs> <laughs> just yeah and, and uh I don't know why the study, I don't know why they did this little test on themselves. They wanted to. Well, what did they learn from that experiment? That they had low testosterone. Oh, that okay. They were, that they were less manly than 80 year old men. Sad. They didn't need to get tested for that. I could have probably. No, we could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think everybody could have, could have told them how, um, how terrible how unmanly they yeah. were there there's a there's another little piece of, a tidbit that i wanted to share with you the blaze had this story earlier today or earlier this week that said young people can be intimidated by social media messages that use periods yes periods since they apparently signal anger linguists say a period a period like 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 the end of punctuation the punctuation period yeah. Wow. The dog, you know, the fox jumped over the lazy dog, period. There, that signals anger. Anger. The period. What if the sentence was, I love you, period? You don't, then, then you are angry about it. Well, Girl. that makes actually some sense. No, I think about it. <laughs> What the hell is wrong with our kids? Can you imagine putting an ellipsis at the end of a sentence? Dot, dot, dot. No. That you're just going to throw them into an absolute panic at that point. Well, maybe that's lingering on. So you're not angry and you're waiting for it's like, I love you. Eh? Eh? <laughs> come on back. You're just waiting for the LOL to come out. Maybe that's more appropriate. We should have end every sentence with LOL or a smiley face emoji. Did did you hear about Cardi B at the Grammys last night? No, I don't even know who Cardi B is. I don't even know who Cardi B. Apparently, I'm the only guy who doesn't. I'm the only person on the planet who doesn't even know who Bill Burr is. No, there's two of us. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I got on Twitter this morning and everybody's ranting and raving about Bill Burr because he said some things at the Grammys and pissed off all kinds of feminists. 
And that's actually what got me thinking about the whole constitution thing. And I thought, well, wouldn't that piss off feminists? Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, but uh, I guess he's married to a black woman. And then um, Bill Burr is. And so, of course, that that prompted liberals to basically say that just because he happens to be married to a black woman does not mean he's not racist. So one guy even came out and said a, Wait, an actual journalist. Stop. Yeah. Time out. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. <laughs> no, because one journalist came out and he said, just because he happens to be married to a black woman, that could mean he truly is a racist and she is really his sex slave. Oh, my good king lord. I'm not making this up. I mean, he worded it a lot differently. That's me paraphrasing. Oh, my God. So note to self and note to everyone out there. Even if you marry someone of the of a different racial makeup than you, that does not mean that you don't own that person. You could just be covering up your racism with an act like that just to mask it that hard. Right. That's disgusting. Right. And so apparently in the Grammys last night, Cardi B, I have no idea who Cardi B is. She's some hip hop singer. So Cardi B and some other young lady, lady, some other young female by the name of Megan the Stallion. Megan the Stallion. Um, they grinded at, comments. I'm not. Yeah, they grinded at the 2020 Grammys. So, um, yeah, this was basically a, a a strip show with some softcore porn thrown in. Nice. And there was like this gigantic, this gigantic bed, like a 20 foot by 20 foot bed. Um and they were dancing on it and that's when cardi b and megan the stallion were grinding and pantomiming lesbian sex on this bed um and they were they were singing this was to the song i don't know whose song this is but uh this is from the the new york post where it says things got x-rated when the pair broke out into WAP as Cardi and Megan writhed, twerked, and grinded together on a huge bed. Now, do you know what WAP stands for? I had to look no, this up. I figured you might have. Yes. I had to do some research. So I thought, WAP? What the hell's WAP? WAP, it's an acronym. It, it stands for wet ass. That's what it stands for. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Think of what begins with a P that only women have. I wet know. Ass. I, I got it. Yeah. So that's the song they played. Now, now, keep in mind that everybody who watches the Grammys, the audience members of the Grammys, mm-hmm. nothing but leftists. 
people who report on the Grammys, the people who wrote glowing reviews of Cardi B and Megan the Stallion twerking and pantomiming sexual acts on this bed. These are the same people that pushed to have Dr. Seuss right. canceled. Right. And that are now having, you know, other cartoons canceled. Right. For rape culture. For rape culture. Mm-hmm. Pepe Le Pew. Promotes um, rape culture. The Muppets now have a trigger warning. Bambi. Bambi. Is it Bambi? Dumbo. I know. I think it's no, Dumbo. Dumbo. Dumbo, the cl- uh, cartoon movie on Disney and a few others now have are take have been removed from the children's channel and now include their own trigger warnings. Right. Dumbo, Aristocats. Um, there was another one that I can't think of now, but yeah. Yep. So wet ass P word and that's okay. So just to recap over the week, we've had a bang up week in society. WAP. Awesome. Pepe Le Pew and Dr. Seuss bad. Got it. The world is completely upside down. Backwards, inside out. Backwards, inside out. Yep. Oh, and we just keep letting it happen. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's enough for tonight. I think we've kind of run this whole. Yeah, I can't Lord. even. I can't even show the pictures on here because uh, they're really bad. Yeah. I can imagine. So I can imagine, and well, whatever. I don't watch that crap anymore. I just don't. I don't either. I don't. I, I didn't watch it. No, des- <clears throat> no desire to watch it. No. So, um, well, as always, you can catch all of our stuff at fusionunderground.net. Were you going to say something? I was going to say before we close out, do mm-hmm. you want to um, preview our coming? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Development. So we, we, we talked about this uh, briefly a couple of weeks ago. I think it was like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much do you want to, how much do you want to share? Well, we are going to be changing our show format coming up since we're closing out season four, season five. We're going to change that just um, a little bit. We are changing that. And what I mean, what we, what we mean by changing that is that we're actually going to be recording. We're going to be trying something new. We're going to be recording uh, all of our episodes, all of our weekly episodes on one night and get them, you know, shotgun it all out there. Um, but we're going to release it every week. I guess that's what we had talked about, releasing it every yep. week. Uh, we're actually going to be doing shorter episodes too, as, as a matter of fact. So we're going to be, we're going to still be recording probably about the same amount. Um, and then we'll release them in different segments. So we're trying that out. And the reason why we're doing that, the reason why we're doing that is because we need, um, you and I have been talking about it and we need extra time during the other rest of the month. We do. So, um, and that's because we are actually working on a new book that we're going to publish and disseminate out into the masses for absolutely two people to read. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So so we're putting all of that together. So we're hopefully going to be releasing that. Um, And we've talked about some other ideas um, that we're going to be, um, we're going to be, looking into over the coming weeks as well. So we're, we'll still have all of the same 
type of content. It might not be as current. Like we might not be talking about the things that happened this particular week. So the topics might be a little bit different, um, but still with the same purpose, the topics will still be purpose-filled in terms of trying to educate people to become critical thinkers. That's the whole, that's always going to be the whole um, shtick behind the show here. Um, But so we're not going to be as current on public events, but that's all right. That's all right. We'll see how it goes. We'll we'll get it all worked out. We'll get it figured out. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get it figured out. Um, So more to come and it probably won't be for several months until we're even ready to have anything book form completed, even near completion. So there's still a lot of work on that front. There is, but we're excited. I think we think it's going to be worth, um, worth the sacrifice. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too. So that's, that's kind of what we're working on. Um, I think it'll be exciting. I think it'll be fun. Um, we have no idea how we're going to launch this book. We have, we haven't even thought that far. <laughs> No, we're still working out a lot of the basics. So we're, we're at the very beginning stages of this whole thing. So we haven't really, we started working on the book. We have a lot of ideas that we have to sift through and organize and all that kind of stuff. We're still months away. I really, I mean, to be perfectly honest, if we got something published by the end of this year, I'd be surprised. Christmas. Um, Christmas. We're going to release on Christmas day. Yeah. But I would hope. I would hope that by the end of the year, we have, you know, maybe a first draft put together and we can start polishing and pulling together and stuff like that. And I think that's, I think that's really doable with the amount of time that we're devoting. to. Sure. I think so too. So um, as always, you can find all of our stuff off of the fusion underground.net. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash AZ fusion underground, of course, YouTube or on Twitter. Um, and anywhere you can get audio feeds, we're on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher, and even Apple. We're even yep. out there on the Apple iTunes Apple store. Podcast, right? We'll see for how long. For a while, and well, for, you know, it's been a we're while. we're shortening things up, so maybe they we're not going to be so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you can send us emails if you hate everything that you've listened to. You can send us hate mail. We take, we accept all hate mail and it does get read. We accept all hate mail at contact at fusionunderground.net. So send us your hate mail. We'd love to read it. As always, on behalf of Jason Moret, I'm Manuel Ramirez and you've been listening to the Fusion Underground. Have a good night, everybody. Emperor! Ah. We come ah. for you! <laughs> That's the old one. That's, That's awesome! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Just drop sharply while I was away. Wait, since it is the last episode of season of the season. I, oh, I should play. Okay. Have we ever played the, the the original original, the first draft version of all of this? No, we didn't. Here, I'll play that one. All right, and and then we'll leave. All right, have a good night, everybody. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Emperor, we come for you. Drop
warming. It's the only way to be sure. <laughs>